0: Kendra Cole Butler, a 20-year beauty industry veteran, is the founder of the skincare brand Alpine Beauty. It is the only brand to hand harvest and formulate skincare products from wild plants in Wyoming. And I cannot wait to go into Kendra's founder journey with you all today. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Founded Beauty, a podcast dedicated to beauty entrepreneurs who built some of the biggest brands today, and where we learn exactly how they did it. We'll cover some of the most intimate stories that are part of success and how they overcame the obstacles along the way. I'm Akash Mehta, CEO and co founder of Fable and Main, a modern hair wellness brand inspired by ancient Indian beauty secrets. Building Fable and Main has been an incredible journey so far. And I decided to launch this podcast as a founder keen to learn and connect with fellow beauty brand founders around the world. I believe in collaboration over competition. And so I'm using this platform as a way to hopefully help and inspire each other what can be quite a tough and lonely journey. So if you are an entrepreneur or simply just curious how to build a brand, this podcast is perfect for you. So without further ado, it's the like to welcome our guest for today kendra kolb butler she is the founder of alpine beauty a skincare brand formulated with wildcrafted plants from the natural mountainscape of jackson hole wyoming a 20-year beauty industry veteran worked in marketing and public relations for brands including dr Guinness gross skincare and clarins kendra actually planned to leave the industry and corporate world behind before founding her own beauty brand Swapping hectic New York City for greener Jackson Hole with its fresh air and open spaces, Kendra became enchanted by the abundance of natural flora and questioned whether it could be used for the skin to withstand the harsher mountain climate. Discovering its untapped power and performance when formulated for skincare, Kendra launched Alpine Beauty in 2018 and remains a key innovator of natural extracts in the industry today. I'm so excited to dive into the journey from executive to founder. So Kendra, thank you so much for being with us today.
1: Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: So Kendra, I ask all my guests the same question. I'm going to ask you, who in a nutshell is Kendra?
1: Um, I am, I consider myself a form of an artist. Um, I love colors. I love creativity. I thrive on, on visual um, interpretations of, of different things. Um, I'm, a bit of a mess. <laughs> also, <laughs> I um, because I, I I kind of I love that creative side of my brain, the organizational side tends to suffer. Um, but I'm a mom of two young kids, and they're still alive and thriving and happy. Uh-huh. So it all kind of balances out.
0: Oh, amazing. Well, you know, to be of kids, I want to start sort of at the beginning with when you were a kid. Uh, I, know, I know you grew up in a small town, Wilmington in Delaware. Um, and I would love to know sort of in those early young age, um, what was those first memories of beauty for you?
1: Uh, first memories of beauty were really outside nature. Uh, my family uh, was my mother and father were both outdoor enthusiasts. So from a very young age, we spent a lot of time hiking, um, going through woods, Mm. looking at different flowers, beautiful landscapes. Um, We were in a suburban town, but right on um, the border of Pennsylvania. And there's just some gorgeous, gorgeous nature uh, surrounding me. So I feel like my earliest memories of beauty were really just being outside and just breathing the fresh air. And that's where my I love of um, the
0: outdoors really started oh wow um, and you uh, 're very fortunate, I think when you have that ability to experience the outdoors from a young age, um, unfortunately, I was in a city north north of a city, so the suburbs of a very crowded my, my, the most nature I got was a local park, so it wasn 't very exciting, but I think I can not only imagine the inspiration you must have had growing up from those environments um, Was there ever a moment that you thought Maybe not at that young, young age, but a bit later on that, wow, like the world needs to experience this and the ingredients and these these flora that you saw growing up in these environments.
1: You know, there have been studies that just say that being outside even 20 minutes a day, it doesn't matter where you live Mm. either. I mean, your local park is great, you know, just take a walk down the street. But seeing trees, Mm. like seeing green, seeing grass, it actually um, makes you more relaxed as a human being. And I think it's a form of therapy for all of us. Um, so I don't know. It just it, it always started when I was young, and I, I just I kind of carried that into into my adulthood. And even living in Manhattan myself, I was in New York City for 20 years. I was always kind of figuring out like, okay, where can I go ski in the winter, even if I have to drive four hours? Or when we went on vacation, it was always picking a place that we we're going to be able to be around um, the natural environment because I always just drew inspiration.
0: From it. Oh, that's amazing. Uh, and then, so I want to go a little bit now into, you've had a very amazing, incredible career. Um, that's for another podcast, because I mean, that's going to be uh, the mat- I could talk about that for a long time. But if you could summarize it, some of the key moments and highlights, I, I would love to know.
1: So I was 20 years in um, the corporate beauty industry with a skincare focus. I started my career in London at Givenchy, um with an internship there. And then when I came back stateside, I was with Clarence. Um, Cody, I worked a little bit on La Prairie, but the most time that I I spent was with a dermatologist um, genius in his field named Dr. Dennis Gross, and that's where I really cut my teeth on clinical skincare ingredients, formulations, and the profound effect that you know these ingredients can have on the skin when applied on a daily basis. So I think that was my biggest. Learning moment is that that twelve years that I spent um, at Dr. Dennis Gross skincare.
0: I mean, we're going to go into the brand in a second, but just how does that feel today? You know, you worked for an incredible founder, incredible brand, um, and today, you know, your products are literally side by side, right? You know, in the Sephora skincare area um, with Dr. Dennis Chris skincare, like just how does that feel?
1: <laughs> well, he has a little more space than me, but I'm, um, I'm I so know, proud yeah. of, uh, <laughs> I'm really, really proud of everything that we've built today. And I'm, I'm so lucky and yeah. grateful and appreciative to have had the mentors in, in my career who have really taken the time to Um, teach me. But I I think the biggest thing about mentorship is you have to be open to learning and you have to want Mm -hmm. to hear, you know, what what the teachers in our life that we come across are saying to us and to open your ears and shut your mouth and really just listen and take it all in. So I had great mentors, um, but I also really embraced them. And I I spent a lot of time listening um, to the lessons, you know, that I was taught and researching on my own after that. So it was it was a combination of like it's both sides you know exactly
0: no that's a really beautiful word said um uh, so now i want to just get straight into it because i'm so curious and uh, as you already know kendra like me and my sister are huge fans of alpine beauty um we talk about that as we go through the products my sister raves about using like a, a five six jars and that's like you know uh, <laughs> my sister is a tough cookie when she she likes products it's a very it's very she tries every single product but for her to repeat and purchase i mean that's a staple. So you've created a staple in my sister's beauty cabinet. That's like, well, you've done something. So I just want to say that's pretty cool. (laughs) Thank Um, you. I know. Uh, But uh, I want to sort of talk a little bit about sort of that beginning moment. And I read online something about Alpine Beauty Bar and the beginnings uh, for it. So tell us about that journey.
1: Yeah, the story kind of just really organically unfolded. Um, I never intended to ever start a skincare line. What happened is... I was working in Manhattan, you know, for 20 years, around 2015, Mm 2015, I had this case of corporate burnout. I just like Mm -hmm. a cash I could not do it anymore. I had lost my motivation. I had lost my passion. I had lost my drive. And I kind of felt like I was floundering around lost. And, you know, I was the senior vice president of marketing at that time. So I had a great title and a great job and like all this stuff, but I wasn't happy. My soul didn't feel fulfilled. And it was at that time that I decided, you know what? we all live once. This is not a dress rehearsal. I need to make Mm. a drastic change in my life in order to be happy. And my husband and I, who is now my business partner, we decided to leave Manhattan and relocate to a very small town in the northwest corner of Wyoming called Jackson Hole. Initially, it was just going to be for a three-month reset, on life, we are going to press the reset button. We are going to see some wild animals. We are going to hike in nature. We we're going to get some fresh air, figure out what we wanted to do next, and then return to Manhattan and hop right back on the hamster wheel. Um, so that hmm. three months was seven and a half years ago, and I'm talking to you from Jackson Hole. So <laughs> we never left. <laughs> we were still here. Amazing. Um, amazing. We got here yeah. and. I knew I needed to work. Like I wasn't at, I was not retired by any means. And to pay the bills, I opened two local beauty apothecaries. First location I opened was on in town. And then the second location was across the other side of town in West Bank. So I have two stores now, two beauty stores. And I thought this is going to be easy because I know skincare. I understand beauty. I'm just going to bring in all of these great brands that I've used myself and I've loved over the years. I'm going to sell them to everybody in this town. That's how I'm going to make ends meet, and I'm going to be happy doing it. So lo and behold, um, brought in 36 brands to these beauty stores, was selling all these creams and lotions and serums. But I was not prepared for the extreme climate of Jackson Hole and the effect that it has on the skin. Um, so let's talk about that for a second. We are 62 feet above sea level. So we're very high elevation. What that means is that we're super close to the sun. So in my beauty stores, I was seeing hyperpigmentation, discoloration, ton of age spots. We also have very little to no humidity in the air, um, thin oxygen levels. So dry, dry dehydrated skin, like every client who walked through my door looked older than they actually were. At the same time, my own skin was falling apart. Everything that I brought with me from Manhattan that I loved when I moved it to Jackson Hole, it was not performing. And for the first time in my life, I found that clinical ingredients alone were no match for this extreme climate that I moved to. And I was floored. I I didn't know what to do. I had never seen clinical ingredients not work until I moved to Jackson Hole. So then I had a problem that I had to solve.
0: That's amazing. So, so let's, let's, let's talk about it then. And the problem was, you can go for it.
1: (laughs) The problem was nothing was, nothing was working. And yeah, I was getting returns, okay? So I was selling the best clean and clinical lines in my beauty stores. I would sell a moisturizer. Two days later, it would come back. My return rate in the beauty stores was was 30%. And I didn't know what to do. Um, So I was sitting outside in, in my backyard one day, and I remember the exact moment. I was just focusing in on the forest behind my house And the wild plants. And if you've ever been to Jackson Hole in the summer, the colors look like a painting. I mean, the wildflowers are purple and orange and yellow and blue. And you wouldn't believe... Um, the vibrancy of, of these, these wild plants, these, the leaves are gargantuan and juicy and plump, and everything is just growing and flourishing. And it was a head scratcher. And I thought to myself, what is growing out here in the wild? And how has nature found a way over hundreds of years to adapt to this very extreme climate that is wreaking havoc on the women of this community, uh, on their skin and my own skin. And then I became kind of obsessed. Like, what is growing here in the wild? How does it survive without commercial watering system, without protection from the sun? How is it battling all these elements that our skin is is battling, yet it's doing great and our skin is doing horrible? So, Then I became, then I began experimenting. You know, I I hired a local botanist. I hired a farmer and I just begged them. I said, can I just like pay you hourly to walk around the woods with me and, and, and tell me what plants are surrounding us in the community? And the first walk that we took, the person I was with was like, oh, that's borage and arnica and chamomile and calendula. And something clicked in my brain and I was like, wait a minute, like these are skincare ingredients growing wild out of every nook and cranny in a community of people who have horrible skin. I'm like, there has to be some way to connect these dots. And that's when I learned about wildcrafting and what what sustainable wildcrafting and foraging was. And then I wanted to learn how to do it.
0: That's amazing. Oh, so exciting. So, so then the, the, the first step I guess was, um, did you already have this name Alpen Beauty, like kind of ingrained into your head that this is what you would call it?
1: So the stores were called Alpen Beauty Bar. Um, so the, yeah. the brand kind of evolved from the stores and I, and I, I, named the stores Alpen Beauty because there's this phenomenon in the mountains in the morning and night where the whole sky lights up pink and, New York city girl, when I moved to Jackson hole from Manhattan and I, I woke up in the morning, it was like, I thought I was in a Disney fairy tale. Cause the sky is just this beautiful, vibrant, like pink and purple. And it's called mm-hmm. Alpenglow. And it happens in the morning and the night in high elevation areas. It happens in the Alps as well, but it's where the sun reflects off the snow tips of the mountains, the white, and it turns everything pink. So I was so inspired by this that I named the stores Alpen Beauty Bar after Glow. And then when I started harvesting the plants, when the sky lit up pink, that was kind of our time to let the plants rest, you know, and stop the harvest process. So it just made perfect sense to transition that name into the product. But it's after Glow, which is that pink light.
0: It's such a beautiful name. And so then what was the first product that you started developing and and realizing from these ingredients that you were really doing a lot of research on?
1: So our first product was melt moisturizer. And after I found these wild plants, um, I, I took about five of them, my five top favorites initially, which were chamomile, borage, sage, arnica, and calendula. And I wrote a formula for melt starting with the clinical ingredients that I had known and loved for years in clinical skincare. So I loaded it with vitamin C and squalane and hyaluronic acid, and it's ceramide packed. And I started with all the clinicals that I had learned about in my past because I truly believe to get results, you need these clinical ingredients. I'm a big, big believer but then I folded in these wild plants that learned how to survive in the same extreme climate on top of the clinicals in just out of curiosity to see if the plants could amplify the results of the clinicals and push them a little bit further because the clinical ingredients alone were not working in this extreme climate. So I wrote the formula for my first product and I called it MELT. It's, um, it's an AMPM hydrating moisturizer, and its superpower is it just melts into the skin. It disappears. So your skin isn't like oily or runny when you try to put your makeup on, but it's very, very plump and hydrated. So wrote this formula, put it together, put it into little sample pots, and then my next step was to hand it out in my beauty stores for free. So with every purchase, I did a bag drop of this melt moisturizer into all of my clients' bags. And I said, just try this moisturizer and tell me what you think. And I really focused on those who complained about everything, <laughs> the ones, my clients, who were the most like dissatisfied with everything I was selling in the store, which was great brands, by the way. Um, but I started there um, just to kind of see if I had proof of concept. And I knew I was onto something within a week Because I couldn't walk anywhere in the town without a woman grabbing me by the shoulders like in the grocery store and saying, oh, my God, like what was in that pot? What did you give me? What was that cream for the first time? My skin feels soft, hydrated. I don't feel like in pain anymore. Like I love the way I look and feel. And the only thing that I was doing different in that cream that all the other brands weren't doing is folding in those wild plants from our community that learned how to live and adapt to the climate over the years. That was the only thing that was different because everything else was the same. So then I knew that that this was a thing. Like, Like at that point, I was like, "Wow! Like this is this is definitely exciting." Because now as an industry in this clean and clinical space, we have newly discovered ingredients and a land where they flourish abundantly. And this is how we're going to innovate. Like, I didn't really know where clean skincare was going before that, because in my mind, everyone was using the same actives. There wasn't a ton of innovation. We're all sourcing from the same ingredient suppliers and like what's out there that we haven't tapped yet? Like what haven't we found? And that's when I started expanding behind those those five initial plants. But anyway, the reason I was the most excited was because I thought if it works in Jackson Hole, where we have the most extreme climate and the and the most the hardest to please skin, when I send these formulas to a more forgiving climate like Miami, New York, Los Angeles. They are going to perform at a rock star level. Like if they're just like good for us, they're going to be excellent anywhere else that they go. And that's when I started sending it out, you know, to other cities around the country.
0: Oh, amazing.
1: To test there,
0: and and now the the plethora of amazing products came, and like you know from um, our family favorite, which is the Wild Huckleberry Acid Polishing Peel. Tell us about the current range today.
1: Um, so we have we have moisturizers, serums, eye creams, masks, and peels, cleansers. Right now, we just have nine products, and I, I really am about. Um, not over assorting this line. Like, I don't want to do hundreds of products. I think it can just get really, really confusing. We formulate and we develop a new product when we find a wild plant and we get really excited about the match that it has with a clinical ingredient. Okay. It's like a dating app. Okay. If I want brightening, if I want a brightening moisturizer, I'm going to start with clinical vitamin C. Love vitamin C. Okay, now we're going to scour the mountaintops and see what is nature's most raw and potent form of vitamin C. Up pops choke cherry. Ding, ding, ding. That's a match. So you have this plant-based active that has nature's raw form of vitamin C and choke cherry. You mix it with three clinical forms of vitamin C and that's a product launch. Like now we're ready to come out with a brightening cream because we found that perfect balance of what nature has to offer. And then clinically what has those studies, those in vitro focus groups, like all the proven results. And that's kind of how we formulate everything. We wait until we find that dating match between wild and clinical. We do some testing and studies. When we see the results going off the charts, that's when we bring our product to market.
0: Oh, that's amazing. So exciting. And, and you have what I think, which is really important and worth really talking about is apart from the incredible wild ingredients um, and clinical actives, like wild plants and clinical actives, you also have a really important mission of sustainability and uh, responsible harvesting. So can you tell us a little bit about your partnerships and, and the harvesting as well?
1: Thank you so much for bringing that up. I mean, that is the most important thing to me about the brand. It's, it's really what gets me up in the morning and it what's it's what lets me sleep soundly at night. Um, So when we started the brand, I knew that because I'm working with the ecosystem in nature, I, I knew from day one that I wanted to find a way to give back. So we joined 1% from the planet um, in the very, very beginning. And then when you join 1%, you can choose within their umbrella, like which specific charity you want to support. And I was very excited to see the Grand Teton National Park Foundation under that 1% umbrella. And the Grand Teton National Park is our local biggest national park in Jackson Hole. So I went out to meet with them and I got really excited about a rewilding project that they were working on. So basically a hundred years ago when the settlers came to Jackson Hole, they ripped up 5,000 acres of national forest to plant smooth broom grass so they could homestead. And it was devastating, but They didn't know. I mean, it was 100 years ago. They were just doing what they had to do to survive. I can barely even like function with two kids in a nice house with heat and air conditioning and electric stoves like these poor people. But anyway, um, but sadly, they did plant grass over 5,000 acres of what is supposed to be forest and trees and shrubs and wildflowers. And smooth broom grass is an invasive species. So kind of just spread all over the park. So the foundation was working on this initiative where they were pulling up the grass and replanting the indigenous flora that was supposed to be there in the very beginning before the park was kind of demolished. Um, so we became very, very passionate about this project and we um we pledged to donate 1% of every sale to the rewilding of this local national park. And to date, we've actually helped them restore 1,350 acres out of the 5,000 with our donation. So we have a little bit more to go. Um, We're going to get to that 5,000. And then after we have reforested and rewilded our national park here, we're just going to start marching across the country to donate to... Every national park has a restoration um, area that they need help with. And we're going to continue to fund that um, natural restoration of our, our our country's national parks.
0: That's amazing. And um, how, how important is it for you to... You know, continually look at this. I mean, we also about sustainability as a journey. How important is it for you to like um, within your team and your stakeholders is to amplify sustainability? Because have you found it a little bit hard sometimes as you grow? You know, now we have um, uh, you know, we have Sephora for example, right? And mm-hmm. sometimes it can be a little bit difficult to get that message across to consumers, etc. That might not buy your products by your own you know, your own infrastructure, your own space, your own website, um, do you find a lot of people are aware of the importance of, you know, these national parks and harvesting and ingredient sourcing?
1: I think the younger generations are definitely becoming more and more educated. So I think we've done a really good job there. And then the retailers have really stepped up to the plate. Um, retailers like Credo Beauty, who I've been with since day one, um, they have very, very strict standards and they've really made a tremendous impact on, um, on the sustainability initiatives through their standards and organizations like PACT. Yeah. Um, then Sephora has really stepped up to the plate also with their clean and planet positive program, which has very difficult requirements. Um, and it, it's, it's hard to get into and get that badge of clean and planet positive. So I think retailers Putting a stake in the ground and saying like this is not okay. What's happening to our environment, and this is what we're going to demand from our vendors has really forced a lot of beauty brands to take more responsibility. So I think it's growing. Um, I'm really really happy that people are sustainability focused, and you know they're they're voting with their dollars, and especially the younger generations. Like they, sustainability is is a must. You know, for any any consumer product that they're that they're willing to purchase so I think we're getting a lot better um, but there's a long road ahead the good news and what I stay optimistic about is that mother nature is extremely resilient and I do believe that that we can impact change with small actions and she only needs a little bit of help and I do believe that we can rebound um, this devastating effect that we've had on our climate but it's going to take, everybody, um, for sure. But I, I think there's light at the end of the tunnel. And I, I do feel optimistic about it. I don't, I don't think it's all doom and gloom, because we've already gotten so much better as a society.
0: That's beautifully said. And I think it's very important to, to not feel demotivated, and, but instead motivated, because together with that motivation, we can make a greater and more beautiful impact i think right on our planet. Um you often see in the news I mean recently about the climate change and they were saying it's the 1.5 degrees uh increase and by 2025 they, think they wanted to it was like 1.1 1. 1 on the state and then we have a goal by it can't be more than 1.5 until 2020 2050 and already we're at 1.1. 1. 1. And i was like hearing someone speak about this the other day and i was like i know but like Look at the things that we can do to get it lower. Let's not focus on what's negative. And everyone will feel, oh my God, okay, it's out of our control. Like, no, it's in our control and it can be manageable. And I think the most beautiful thing you said was mother nature is so resilient. Look what it's gone through in the last millions of years. And uh, we have to just make sure we don't feel that, down, like, you know, upset by it. There's a beautiful future ahead. Um, so
1: I mean, yeah, important. if we just all have doom and gloom and give up, then the battle's already lost. So I think just it's the same as a founder, optimistic. right?
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like in our business, every day we get billed with this <laughs> freight and this if we had oh gloom, we wouldn't God. be creating our business <laughs> you know oh you've got to see God. the light at the end of the tunnel every it's day it's so
1: true it's so true <laughs> it's
0: so funny well you said you mentioned about the great partners you had with creed etc well, where is currently Alpin beauty retailed and distributed in, in wholesale
1: um so we are at um work at credo beauty we are in blue mercury we're detox market um sephora online and then sephora us online in stores um, we have a great partnership with Goop. They've been very, very supportive of the brand. And then we have a big Ocean Beauty, Love Jessica, and then we have a big um, direct-to-consumer business that we're really putting time and education into as well, because there, there's so much opportunity to storytell, you know, on your own site and give people this lens into Jackson Hole and show them the plants in the summer and how we wildcraft and our our process is called no harm harvesting, where we make sure that anything we're taking out of the earth that's not used is put back into the earth. And just really, um, those are our main, our main retailers across the country. Amazing.
0: Uh, and the future. Well, what are sort of some of the plans for Alpine Beauty that you're looking forward to, uh, whether it's international expansion, new products? What are some of the things?
1: You know, international expansion um, is definitely on our minds. I think that right now we're just really focused on the domestic market because we have some growth to do there. Uh, In terms of the future and what I'm most excited about is the plants that we haven't tapped into yet or put into formulas. So to give you an example, on my private land in Jackson, I have 200 species of plants um, that are growing indigenous and they are all chocked full of vitamins, antioxidants, polyphenols. I mean, they are loaded and I've worked with about four of them out of the 200. Um, So I'm just excited for the future and what we haven't found and what we have not tapped into Mm. um, that could really make a difference in the way our skin looks and feels. And this brand for me is about discovery and finding new actives, testing them for efficacy, Finding their clinical match or partner counterpart, and then and then bringing them to people who could see and feel great results. So I think the future is is yeah. is bright in terms of there's so much discovery out there and just new actives that I think that we could find and start to play with. And I, I think this industry um, is going to ha- go through a, a bit of an evolution where. We're able to sustainably harvest, you know, these actives that are that are going to do things for our skin that are better, but in, in better synergy with the environment. So, um, when you're wildcrafting or harvesting, it's interesting. It's almost like pruning the plant in the sense where it grows back faster after you've harvested it because you're giving it like a haircut, like a trim. You never pull the plant out of the ground, um, it's, it's left living and intact. So I think there's a lot of opportunity in that art and craft um, for our industry in the future.
0: And then one other question I had before we go into fire round questions and, and, and wrap the podcast up is about these ingredients. I'm just more for me. I'm curious. Um, you currently you know develop skincare products, but have you looked into creating with these incredible wild plants um, other verticals? Because I really see Alpen Beauty going into new areas
1: it's so interesting the sky's the limit you know we've had so many customers reach out to us for color cosmetics like they want the lipsticks with the wild plants and the eyeshadows and these actives are so amazing so potent and strong i'm like why couldn't we do like Laundry detergent or like hair care. Like, there's so many things that you could do. Um, I'm not going to go into hair. I'm going to leave that to you and your brilliant line. No, but, but you should. No, yeah, no, no. The no, sky's you the limit. Yeah. The, the sky's yeah. the limit. Honestly, it's like I, I really believe in the power of these plants. And when something grows in the wild, it just becomes so fortified because it is left on its own to figure out how to eat how to get water, how to shade itself from the sun. It has this secondary metabolite system because it's always in a state of emergency. You know, like animals are nibbling at it. and It's trying to figure out how to develop this like symbiotic relationship with the forest soil because everything's kind of eating from the same thing. So, I mean, these plants are so incredibly fortified that I can see them having a positive impact in anything that they're put into so um, other verticals is definitely on the horizon and a possibility I'm just trying to get one done and and not have to commit myself into like <laughs> it's hard okay let's just say it's really I can really, imagine really difficult to launch a brand as you yeah. know. Um so right now I have my hands full with skincare. But the there there's always potential for the future. Amazing.
0: Oh so good. Well um so Fire on questions, but I have a desert island situation. So imagine I'm inviting you to a desert island, but I'm being really mean. I'm saying, Kendra, you can only bring one Alpine Beauty product. What is your go-to you're bringing?
1: Um, I'm bringing the lip mask. Um, Well, we don't have a sunscreen. So if we had a sunscreen, I would say I'm bringing a sunscreen. But since we don't have a sunscreen, I'm just going to build a leaf fort and hide under it all day long. And I'm bringing the uh, willow and sweet agave lip mask because I cannot stand dry, flaky (laughs) lip. lips I and i'm thinking if i have like a lack of water i'm gonna really need a lip plumper and and juicy hydration
0: amazing oh so good yeah and, and i saw it's recently back in stock on your website so clearly it's been selling out and people have been loving it so that's a great sign amazing um okay so now five round question first thing that comes to your mind to so the first question mm-hmm. is what's another beauty brand that you're currently loving right now
1: Oh my gosh, there are so many. Uh, Tower 28. Ah, oh,
0: love Amy. And the brand is incredible. That SOS facial rescue spray, like, oh, it's amazing. She has great um, stuff. So it's, a,
1: it's, a, it's a really cool brand. Amazing, oh, I love that.
0: And my next question is, do you have a favorite quote or a saying that you keep close to your heart?
1: Um, you know, I think that my favorite is necessity is the mother of invention. Um, I hope I didn't screw it up, but I, I do believe that if you can solve your own problems chances are somebody else has that problem too. So for any budding future entrepreneurs out there, you know, what is lacking in your life? What do you need to fix? And if you have an idea, go for it and, and believe in yourself and and hold the course because it, it can happen.
0: My, uh, my last question is, if you weren't a beauty entrepreneur right now, what would Kendra be doing?
1: Um... I would love. I would be eating something. I love food. I wish (laughs) that I had the time to go into the art of culinary, Um, art, baking, cooking. I just love colors and flavors. And if I was not doing skincare, I would be somehow trying to uh, push my foot in the door of the restaurant industry and and learn from a really great. Chef, like how to cook.
0: That's amazing. I love that. I love also how I'm like, if you want to be a entrepreneur, what would you be doing? I'll be eating. I'm like, Oh, does that mean we don't eat at I, I <laughs> do
1: <laughs> I love food and it makes sense. It. It's just like, it's colorful, it's flavored, so, it's, flavor, it's well, creative. it's also what it's you're like, doing.
0: You're like, in, you're like a chef, right? With your ingredients and the actives and the clinicals that you're creating this potion. Oh my it's gosh, like, we so eat so stuff food. in the
1: wild all the time. I'm, I I'm out there with my naturalist <laughs> and he's like, Kendra, eat this like, you know, um, T- tiger lily and I'm like wait I don't know if I should eat that he's like you can says, you can eat it it's delicious and like there's oh, so many so things good. we eat a lot when we're out there um you just need to be with oh, somebody so who's good. professional who knows not to pick anything poisonous and I tell my kids I'm like if you see mommy eating something in the forest you never eat it unless mommy says it's okay so oh,
0: I love that well Kendra it's been such a pleasure speaking to you I'm so excited for the future of Alpine Beauty I think it's going to be you know, one of the largest brands that really ingredient led which I think is needed at the future of beauty. So for me, I'm just yeah. so excited for what you're going to do. So where can everyone continue to follow yourself and, and the brand?
1: Um, we're on Instagram at, at alpinbeauty and it's A-L-P-Y-N Beauty, all one word. I'm Kendra K. Butler, but I am I'm really bad at posting just because I've got a couple other things going on right now. So following the brand at Alpin Beauty or Alpenbeauty.com is the best way to get in touch with us.
0: Well, I'll put all the links in the summary. People can just tap straight away and I'll hopefully see you very soon. We're going to start planning a few moments when we can meet this year. Until then, I'll be keeping in touch on social and wishing you all the best and success. So thank you.
1: Thank you, Akash. Thank you so much for your time and you're such a wonderful, positive spirit. And I love the collaboration and how supportive you are of fellow brand founders. So thank you for having me and I can't wait to meet in person one day.
0: Thank you. It truly goes such a long way and helps us reach new listeners.